Welcome to A World on Fire Season 2. And in an effort to cover more Earth 1 and Earth 2 crossovers, I have a great comic here, but an even better guest. How are you, Mr. Mark Gray? I am flattered. Thank you very much, Billy. But everything is well. It's a beautiful day here. We've had a little bit of rain, but it's generally very hot. Thunder's promised this afternoon, which I always enjoy. And we've got a cat sleeping on the bed, so hopefully she won't wake up. And <laughs> a good comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we talked about Flash a couple of times now in the in the recent times. I think maybe just three episodes back was uh, we talked about an issue of Flash, and we have fun with these. Uh, you know, we both like uh, Barry and Jay as well, and uh, there's significant others as well. I, I enjoy the times where there's uh, the interaction between the the two couples, or at least uh, uh, Barry interacting with uh, Jay and Joan. What about it? I definitely do. It's so fascinating to see a hero who's been there since the 40s back in the 60s and seeing how he's aged. And it's interesting how the aging's treated in this particular issue. Mm-hmm. And this issue we're talking about is uh, Flash number 151, and it's cover dated March 1965. Uh, but it was on sale, uh, you know, just uh, it just past the new year there as well. But yeah, this is going to be a fun one. So uh, we have a Carmine Infantino and Murphy Anderson cover here. And this is an interesting cover with the two flashes and a villain that I, I know a little bit about him, but not a whole lot. Uh, what about this cover here? It's a bit unusual because the cover itself has Barry Adams trying to punch the shade in the second appearance because he was second Silver Age appearance, I think, because he was in Flash of Two Worlds. And in between Barry failing to knock out the shade because the shade has a black aura around him, we see... In the background, Jay Garrick, Flash, sitting on a chair, also under a force field. And Barry's thinking, not even my super speed can penetrate the dark barrier that's protecting the shade and imprisoning my fellow Flash. And what's particularly eye-grabbing about this cover to me is that, possibly because it is the shade, the whole background is grey, which I've never seen before or since, making the yellow logo really pop. And obviously the red flash of the, the red of the Flash outfits pop as well. And the copy says, a new double flash thriller, invaded from the dark dimension. And Billy, what did you think of the cover and how the shade is standing on something? Yeah, it's interesting. He's standing there and I'm not sure what the gold uh, thing is that he's standing on, but there's a huge pile of money and pearls all around him and jewelry. Uh, I love it. I wish I was him right now. Absolutely. Some kind of dais. And it's, 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 uh, I wouldn't say explained inside, but it's it's set up inside. It's like he says what what he's doing on it, but it makes no sense. But we will get to that. <laughs> yeah, and I will say too, like if the first time I saw this cover, and I looked at it rather quickly, it almost makes me think that uh, Jay is uh, uh, on the electric chair back there. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's got you know there's vibrations around his knees, and he's got that sort of <laughs> on his face. So that would be a bit, a bit novel. Yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, this is this is going to be a fun one here. So uh, why don't we jump in here? So uh, this is, you know, uh, writer Gardner Fox, of course. You know, he was, you know, Mr. Silver Age there at D.C. And penciler Carmine Infantino, inker Joe Giella. And uh, there's just a tiny little, uh, you know, uh, one and a half, two sentences here of uh, synopsis on the D.C. fandom uh, uh, website. So I'll just rattle that off here. It just says, now the shade robs on Earth one to give himself a law abiding front on Earth 2, and then two flashes may not be able to stop his powers, augmented by a dark dimension. So 
Uh, yeah, so why don't we jump in here? This is uh, a, a quite a splash page here. So I will admit, at a couple of points, I did have trouble identifying these, I guess uh, we'll just say animals that are in this dark dimension shape. The, the, the one on the splash page here looks like a bear, though, right? Absolutely, a bear. And I also th I thought I thought the, another one was the an, an anteater. Yeah, that one I wasn't sure about, but I thought it was that too. <laughs> yeah, and what, what what was the third one again? He just turned up. I'll, I'll know when I get to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's well, once we get to the end, there's like three or four of these crazy uh, thieves that he creates out of Dark Dimension and other bizarre things at the end here. Yeah. It really gets kooky. <laughs> what do you make of the splash page? Uh, I like it. It's the, the, the Dark Dimension bear here uh, that... Uh, Barry is using a lightning bolt or to create it, or I don't know if he created it or he kind of uh, is directing it or a little of both, uh, using it to uh, zap this, uh, for lack of a better term, black bear, even though that is a real uh, black bear is a real bear over here in the, the States. Uh, it, it's nice. It's interesting. It's cool. I like how the logo is across the top with blue behind it. And the flash is in red with the, the speed lines. And we do say, see, uh, a little uh, tiny plus a guest appearance by Jay Flash Garrick. And I did, I will say right out of the gate, I was just slightly disappointed because Jay doesn't really get a lot to do in this issue. But uh, uh, I do like the splash page. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I agree. I mean, Jay's size on the splash page is tiny next to the edge of the Flash logo. And everyone should have a tiny Jay, but that reflects his importance in the story because he basically gets a few, a few pages it's just an extended cameo, but he's in there. And the fact that he's in there, you know, again already so soon after the last appearance shows there must have been some demand on DC just wanted to push it all. Oh, God, the Fox was just enjoying you know, having him in there. But the actual, the image, the image on the page, the black bear, I think the black bear's a little too, a little too large on the page, too abstractly angular. And I think there's so much copy in that copy box by the, by the invader from the dog dimension title that you can't actually get the impression visually it's a lightning bolt. It just looks like some kind of ray, and you can't see that. I mean, from what you were saying about uh, whether Barry created, but as I remember, Barry's taking advantage of the the atmospheric conditions and directing it at the bear. But ah, the bear, the, no, the page is too crowded for my liking. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. the The caption box says, uh, "The blackness came first, an eerie hue of solid jet, which swallowed up everything valuable around it." After the blackness came the creatures of the dark dimension, invulnerable even to that master of all swiftness, the Flash. Only the Duke of Darkness, <laughs> the Shade, could command their obedience. With the Scarlet Speedster helpless and the Shade triumphant, neither Earth-1 nor Earth-2 had any defense against the invader from the dark dimension. And uh, yeah, I did uh, think to myself, boy, Gardner Fox really likes to make uh names for his uh, characters so we already have scarlet speedster which had been around and duke of darkness as well so and this will continue there's there's lots more names to come right oh yeah there's the monica of motion for one thing <laughs> yeah crimson comet sultan of speed i was like oh boy <laughs> gardner was having a good time with this one yeah you've got i mean you know I, he loves words and good on him for it yeah and i like how this one starts out we have uh it's a uh, Barry and Iris uh, walking down the street and she uh, something inside a jewelry store window catches her eye. I love this little scene here. What did you think of this opening scene? Oh, I find it hilarious. <laughs> it turns out this well, Iris is looking at the window, pointing at a, a ring going, Barry, there it is. 
I finally found it after two years of hunting all over. The one ring in the world I won for my engagement ring. I mean, you're a married man, Billy. Did Mrs. Billy spend two years looking for the perfect engagement ring? Uh, she did not. I actually bought it and surprised her and asked her. So, no. <laughs> I mean, I'd be interested to go back and have a when Barry proposed to Iris and seeing, because I would imagine he probably had a ring there and then for her. I would think, but uh, you never know. I mean, this is the comic book world, so things sometimes True. work a little different there. Surely most, by two years, most people are married anyway. Mm-hmm. I love the caption box above the two of their heads once they go inside the jewelry store. Bubbling over with happiness, because two years is a long time to be looking for an engagement ring without finding it. Iris I- West drags a beaming Barry Flash Allen into the jewel salon. Yeah, I have a note on that, you know, most pedantic <laughs> bit of the race ever because, like, but you can just see God the Fox smiling as he's writing it. But I just, I mean, that, that picture of Barry and Iris, I think I've said that previously. I mean, God, uh, Carmine and Fantino just made them such a good looking couple. I mean, mm-hmm. Iris' hair has been changed. Normally, she's got a bit of, a bit of a beehive or a bun, and she's not looking quite so sharp. She's looking a bit more mumsy, frowsy. But, I mean, Barry's just so blown handsome and dapper with his bow tie and overcoat. I love that bottom left-hand panel there where she says, I must try it on, Barry. And uh, I'm so thrilled. And look at his uh, body language there. He's got his hands on his hips, like, <laughs> looking at it. I love that, uh, the way uh, they drew him there. <laughs> Absolutely. It tells a story, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. He says, me too. I was beginning to think you'd never own an engagement ring, honey. Let's see how it looks. And I thought, oh, so that means you were never going to get married there, uh, Barry? What, what's odd to me is that <laughs> it's, you, don't, you don't get a really clear look at the engagement ring. She's making all the fuss about throughout the story. I mean, OK, on, on the, the second panel of the page, it's there in shot, but it's in it's in monochrome, basically. Mm-hmm. And you've got a little head of Kang or something like that. But you, I just want a better look at this ring. Why is this the perfect ring? Mm-hmm. Well, I do find this interesting where she, you know, is like, I have to try it on. And she's wearing some uh, fancy gloves that match her uh, scarf there as well. So she goes to take her gloves off, sits it down. And it looks like a little bit of an ink spot on the countertop, but it's definitely not ink. It's there's something uh, unnatural about this, right? There is, as it says, the spot grows and grows swiftly and silently encompassing the ring so that when Iris reaches for it, oh, Barry, it's caught. Something has hold of it. I mean, that's an intriguing turn, page turn. Mm-hmm. And you do turn the page, and there she is, you know, like, oh, my goodness, it swallowed up my ring. Barry, get it out. And he's trying, and it's, like you said, it's it's growing in size. And then the jewelry store uh, uh, salesperson is standing behind him, too, looking like, what is going on? And uh, I like how uh, he is the first one to run out of the door and say, I'll go get help. And <laughs> Barry stands well, there. Yeah, he, he's well, he's responsible, you know, he's he's the shop man, but I'm less impressed by how I was straight away, I'll go with the clerk, Barry. You stay put two tabs on it. That, yeah, yeah. Mrs. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and he's, uh, once they're clear, he starts using his flash powers here because there's nobody to see him, even though he's still in his, uh, you know, uh, normal guise here. So he's like, using his flash power to try to do something and nothing happens. I can't even dent it, he says. And larger grows the eerie barrier until it fills the half of the store. And they uh, are outside, I guess, at this point. And uh, Iris says, Barry, what a story for the picture news, which I thought was funny. I do, but I don't understand Barry's reaction because then he's thinking, oh, 
How about that? After hunting two years for a ring, after finding it, then losing it, her main concern is for the scoop she's getting for her newspaper. I guess I'll never understand women. I mean, that's <laughs> the exact response she should have. She's a professional. There's obviously a good story here. You know, the ring will be found or won't be found, but get the story. Yeah, I guess he still just wants her to be a starry-eyed girl that, you know, forgot about her job because this is uh, the day she found her ring. I don't know. <laughs> mm. But then we see uh, he sees a uh, something around the street corner, and he says, uh, Iris commands a street corner phone booth. People surround the storefront and alone, off to one side, and he goes, here's my chance to switch to the flash. And I, I love that uh, on top of... Uh, page four there where he's uh you know hitting the button on his ring and it's the costumes popping out I, I really like the visual there yes it's an excellent excellent piece of work and it surprised me because i mean i've read dozens and dozens and dozens of these early stories and pretty much everything after about issue 240 to, to the end 350 or whatever and i just don't remember barry not wearing the ring all the time i suppose after he was married he could do and perhaps in the early years, he didn't have a ring with a lightning bolt on all the time. But it seems to miss the point of having a costume and a ring if you're not wearing it. Mm -hmm. In fact, yeah. in fact, did, did you know, yeah, the ring fixed up the lightning bolt is on the outside of the ring, isn't it? But still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, you just need to have it on all the time. Yeah, just say it's, it's, it's just design, Iris. I like it. Mm -hmm. And the cops are here and he says, everybody back and... Iris is thinking to herself, I should have the ending for the story in a minute. The Flash just showed up. And uh, no, that is not going to happen. You will not get the ending of this story in a minute because the Flash is very ineffective here, isn't he? <laughs> he is, rather. His body's a blur and he's trying to vibrate inside and he just bounces off the weird ebon substance. Mm -hmm. And then he's, he tries the friction of hands rubbed with super swiftness over the smooth black surface. This doesn't work. Then... And the awesome tension of feet drummed with the force of a thousand trip hammers against the ebony material. Nor this. So, <laughs> yeah, he's having a heck of a time here. And then he burrows underground to try to do something, too. And that does nothing. It is. I mean, you know, even the superness of a Barry Flash river dance can't penetrate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. So. Uh, he's kind of going to give up. He says, I've exhausted my re repertoire of speed tricks. What do I do now? And uh, there's uh, Iris. She says, nice work, Flash. It's shrinking. Soon as it disappears, I'll get my ring and our exclusive story. What a day this has been. And it, it shrinks down and he runs off. And she says, oh, the black blob is gone. But so are all the jewels in the store, including my engagement ring. So now Flash has got two really big problems. One is the Flash and one is Barry, right? <laughs> I think so. I think Iris would have been around enough weirdness by now to realise that you know, you know, this this thing is at a jewelry store. It's targeted the ring, and it's unlikely the ring is going to remain when the black blob disappears. Mm -hmm. And then I like that panel there where he's uh, uh, using a powerful suction device to get the uh, suit back into the ring. I was wondering how he did that. Yeah, it's something they hardly ever showed, but when they did, it was probably answering the question of all the new readers as to how he got it back in, because it's, I mean, it's it's one of the coolest costume change things in comics, but that was that is the first thing you think. It's like, how on earth does he get it back in there? And then moments later, uh, Iris, oh, there you are, Barry. Well, the ring's gone. Even the Flash couldn't get it back. And he says, so I heard. Er, how about a drive around town? Might get your mind off of all this. So uh, they drive around town. Uh, actually, she drives him around town, which is interesting. Um, 
And, and he said, the radio says, to bring you the following news bulletin, strange creatures surrounded by a black barrier have been sighted in North End of Central City. And she's like, Barry, listen to that. And uh, she says, my reporter's instinct tells me there's some sort of tie up between those creatures and the black oddballs who stole my ring. And I thought, yeah, I don't know if you need reporter's instinct to figure that one out, Iris. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, when I, when I did my training to be a reporter, it was, you know, we, we did really have courses on what happens when jewelry disappears under a black creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she says, soon as the Flash hears about those thieving alien creatures, he'll be around to stop them. Barry, I'm going there too. And he says, okay, hon, but let me off first. And she's like, Barry, you're a policeman. It seems that you'd want to help. And he says, I do want to help, but I'm a laboratory analyst, not a field investigator. My job is to analyze information other policemen bring me. I'll go directly to the lab and help from there. So she's like kind of giving him the business about wanting to go and do his job. Yeah, but on the one hand, yes. On the other, he doesn't know that the police, that any policeman has delivered anything yet. And he might want to go to the scene and see if he can pick up some evidence himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here's where we get this other uh, funky-looking creature here. And I, again, I wasn't sure what this was supposed to be. I kind of thought, like, you is this an anteater? What is this? Because this is uh, one part of the artwork where I will say kind of, I will say it fails a little bit, but it, I feel like it could be just a little bit more defined. Yeah, it's, it's a slouchy thing. But, I mean, when when you've got the shade later on in the issue explaining, explaining what these are, I'm, I think he just says, you know, they're weird alien dark dimension creatures rather than creatures that he's transformed because presumably there's not really a lot of bears and anteaters running around the city unless it's the central city zoo. So I think I think Gardner Fox intended them to be wee weird creatures and Carmen Infantino have just thought he'd base them on something on Earth. Yeah, and I like how the cops are just trying to shoot it and Flash shows up and they just say, okay, Flash, take over. We're getting nowhere against that nightmare. <laughs> they just give up. <laughs> I like that. It makes sense. And then I like that in the next panel you've got Flash, you know, spinning forward doing pirouettes and going i've set up shot waves equal to those created by the small atom bomb only they don't seem to bother it it's well what's it doing to the rest of the city you know (laughs) yeah he just basically set off an atom bomb in the city well way to go pal (laughs) and on this page alone uh, we get scarlet speedster and monarch of motion you know uh, here i thought oh here we go with the uh, with the names right I mean, it must get boring to say the, the flash all the time. But I do, I do enjoy this page because we've got it's the end of a chapter, and then we've got a story continues on the next page, and we've got one of those patented Carmine Infantino extended caption hands pointing you past the advertisements. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Well, and this is interesting too. So the flash is like, hey, I can't stop this thing from uh, robbing. But, you know, maybe I can prevent its getaway. So he kind of like uh, uh, digs a giant hole that, for some reason, the anteater can't see to not walk into it. And it falls into it. So he doesn't stop it, but he does manage to kind of, you know, capture it here, right? He does. It's like he's making a heck of a mess of the street. I mean, I might have tried to sort of do the old spinning, you know, running around and create a tornado or whirlwind world, or whatever. And raise him up into the end, carry him. I don't know, to the GLA headquarters or something, but no, Flash has just made a heck of a mess. Mm-hmm. And on this uh, next page here, this uh, the dark wings of a, uh, you know, another animal that has the dark dimension uh, barrier around it. That first you know page there, it's not the greatest either. It looks a little bit better on the next page, but that first page there kind of looks a bit wonky too. 
It is. I mean, you can, you can see it's like an extended beak type thing and, and scratch, scratchy little bird feet and perhaps wings. But it's, it's not too clear. And also, there's a bit of a disparity between where we left Barry on the previous chapter. And here it's like, you know, OK, the, the, the bear type monster falls into the pit. I caught mm -hmm. it. And there's just Barry suddenly out into the countryside. But yeah, like he's at a park or something. Leave, leave suburbs, public park. Yeah, it's kind of weird because he, he was right smack dab in the middle of the city before. But OK, and he goes, got to track this one down, find another way of capturing it. And uh, he says, well, I can't make direct contact with it. I can battle it with a cyclonic like wind. And he tries to use this cyclone to uh, to get it. And he goes, things are going my way at last. It won't be stealing any more statues while it stays put. So how does he keep that cyclone going to keep the bird trapped in it? I don't understand that. Well, it was one of his go-to go-to moves, running, you know, running and spinning around things. So he's just running in a small circle and somehow not burrowing into the ground at the same time. <laughs> yeah, because I just thought, as soon as he like goes away, won't it, the cyclone stop and it just get away? I don't know. <laughs> I think so. maybe he's hoping it wears it out. Well, we're back to the the bear here, though, right? You know, we see all of a sudden there's there's a bear now, and it's, he says, "Oh, look, this one looks tougher than the other two combined." And he goes, I have my work cut out for me against that monstrous thing. And it, it's, it's a bear here. So he has to he has to fight a bear. <laughs> Exit pursued by bear flash style. It's very, very, very weird. The whole thing. It's just it's such an abstract thing for the flash to be fighting, you know, because you've got no no dialogue from these creatures. They're just black blobs on the page. I mean, perhaps God thought he'd give Carmine a bit of an easier job. This issue where by half of a lot of panels are just black blobs. Mm -hmm. And he's having no effect on the bear here, but he stops for a moment and uh, the caption box says, suddenly the Scarlet Speedster cuts off his super speed stunts and he's thinking to himself, I wonder that dark cloud on the horizon and that bolt of lightning, maybe the weapon I need to stop that Colossus. And I love uh, Iris's dialogue here. Flash, what are you gaping at? There's nothing up there to help you. I want... <laughs> he's not even married to him at this point. <laughs> what a Help. Yeah, I'm thinking, who's the superhero, him or Iris? I'd be like, listen, Iris, pipe down. I'm the superhero here. Let me figure out how to stop this. <laughs> how does she know there's nothing up there to help him? <laughs> Absolutely. As it, as it turns out, there is something up there that might help him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a storm cloud, which looks eerily like the same uh, substance surrounding these, uh, air quotes, animals as well. So I'm thinking to myself, I would have thought it was like, Maybe that's what's controlling these, not maybe I can use this to help, but that's just me. No, me too. I mean, if I was Barry, I might be wondering, that's such a specific small storm cloud. It looks like something that would be over Charlie Brown's head when he's having a bad day. You think maybe it was the weather wizard in there. Mm -hmm. He says, they aren't even tickling it. <laughs> and he goes, that's up to 340,000 amps and only 2,400 are needed to kill a man. I've got to do something more. And I think I know what it is. And here's where we get, you know, the, 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 Splash page, right? You do, you do. But what I like about this scene particularly before that is just that you get this, for once it doesn't say a flash fact, but Barry reveals to us, thinks that actually lightning is invisible. What the eye sees is the path of burning air through which the bolt of electricity has just passed. I mean, who did you know that? No. <laughs> did not. That was not of my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> what can we do with that? But yes, I mean, you know, okay, you you managed to direct the lightning bolts down, and that's quite appropriate because Barry Allen is all about the lightning bolts. <laughs> and he does he make he does something to the alien creature. 
Mm, well, yeah, it does kind of like dissipate. And Iris says, Flash, you did it. You made all these alien creatures go back where they came from. Now, how about going after them and get my ring back? And I thought, that's what you're worried about, Iris, getting your ring back. And these things are like, you know, running roughshod through the city. <laughs> Absolutely. But she's just, I'm going to show up in the next panel. She's even more pathetic. She's going, I I was counting on you so much. I, I guess I'll never wear an engagement ring now because there's no other one like it on this earth. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, on this earth is uh, an interesting uh, way to put it, right? It is, rather, because that gets Barry thinking, hey, wait, on Earth 1, maybe, but how about on Earth 2? Mm-hmm. And he uh, thinks of his uh, buddy, his adventures with uh, Jay Garrick, who's a Flash on that Earth. And uh, there's a little editor's note that says, see, Flash 129, double danger on Earth. And he thinks there are doubles of practically everything on those two Earths. So there's a good chance there's a duplicate Iris lost ring on Earth 2. And at no point does he say, maybe going to Earth 2, uh, Jay can help me defeat this menace. It's just, it's all about the ring. It is rather. Well, she's, she's worn him down, Billy. She's worn him down. <laughs> Poor Barry. But uh, the next page, he says, he's walking into the lab and uh, police laboratory. And he says, I noticed that whenever I came close to those alien creatures, my body started vibrating in an odd manner. By analyzing those vibrations, I may come up with some clue as to their origin. And I do like this part. It's kind of like an uh, older Batman comics where, you know, he does the detective work or he's at the, in the Batcave doing work to, to figure things out. I really like this part here. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, it would have been pretty good if Gardner had spared a panel in the previous few pages to have Barry note at that point that he's having strange vibrations. But here we are. He's having them. He's doing some work in his lab and the art just looks fantastically moody at this point really it looks like 1950s carbine infantino work i've seen and i love it yeah it's really good like it's shaded but you can still see everything what's going on like barry's uh, working and there's a light above him and then he has these uh i'm not sure what those uh things are he has there it almost looks like they're like kind of like readouts from a computer which we we know that's not the case though but that that's really really good yeah, because he said, I, I, I record the vibration still lingering in his body on a punched card. And to me, they look like the sort of things that, you know, you'd, you'd put put in as an early computers or have them in the pianos that played themselves, pianola. But I don't know what it does, but Gardner's, you know, he's selling it. I believe it. It's working. Mm -hmm. And this, and it also does an editor's note telling you about, you know, Flash 123, Flash of Two Worlds, because that was the last time he tangled with the shade. So, yeah, right. Pretty cool, huh? Absolutely. I mean, you know, he's, he is a, we know he's attuned to vibrations, so if it's something as specific as the shares vibrations and they're particularly weird, he would notice them. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I, I got to make a trip to Earth, too, and see my buddy Jay and see if he knows, you know, what's going on and can help me out here. So he goes to the old theater because at this point he had to go to that exact spot and, uh, you know, do the vibration thing. And that uh, gets him to Earth, too. And I love how uh, that panel on page 13 there. These, well, this whole next scenario, but it starts there where uh, there's a door opening and uh, there's a hand there and a ring's on it. And he says, good gosh, there's the same ring Iris wanted for an engagement ring. And it's on another woman's hand. What are the chances of that? And I bet, so, <laughs> I bet you guessed who that woman was. <laughs> yep, the door opens and it's Joan. Flash, it's good to see you. Hmm, you're staring at my ring and no wonder. It was my engagement ring, the only one like it on Earth. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, only one on Earth. You really looked everywhere else on Earth for that exact diamond. 
Yeah, maybe maybe she had it made specifically. Tailored to her. But what what do you think of the way Joan looks like? Because last time we were talking about Joan, she was uh, probably in her early 60s, graying blonde hair, you know, wearing strange diaphanous nightgowns around the house. (laughs) What do you think of her here? Yeah, she's she's a bit different. She's a little sexied up here by uh, the the art team. I feel like they have like her in these younger looking clothes and this younger hairstyle. But there's you know Jay that still looks like he's you know uh, I would say he looks old enough to be her dad, but he does look a bit older than her, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. There's not there's not, there's not a hint of gray anymore. She's been to the salon. I wonder whether she's having an affair. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last time you were telling me that she, she like was it the woman on Father Knows Best? Yeah, I cannot remember that actress's name, but yeah, she the the way they had you know kind of the hairstyle and made her look you know look like very not grandmotherly but very motherly, and she doesn't look that way here. She looks like you know like she's got these tight pants on and she's got this like blouse on with no sleeves. Like she she looks like she's you know much younger. <laughs> well, what it could be though, because we know that. Uh, in the last tour, he was saying, you know, the more Jay was using his power, he just felt he's always at the JLA and the JLA team. The the more they were, you know, feeling younger and more vibrant and vital. And it could be that sort of Jay becoming a regular super speedster again, using his powers again, just putting a bit more zing into their marriage. And she's responding and feeling younger. Yeah. Hey, good for her. <laughs> she looks good. But uh, uh, Barry does say, hey, you know, I'm here because something shady is going on with the shade. And uh, Barry and, and Jay says, oddly enough, the case I was just about to go out on also concerns the shade. Lately, he's been spending money as if it were going out of style. And I love these uh, these two scenes here and the artwork here is phenomenal. But uh, what do you think of these uh, two panels and how he uh, talks about the shade here? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, we have the, the two flashback panels with introduced by a big a big head of Jay it's looking intense again, look like a slightly more handsome version of Reed Richards. Uh, then we see Joan and Jay in a nightclub sitting next to the, <laughs> in the next table, throwing dollar bills or whatever into the air, saying, I'm treating everyone in this place to dinner. And then the second panel, where, the, where you know, Jay's thinking, since the shade never earned an honest dollar in his life, all this money must have come from robberies, only there'd been no reports of any such robbery, so I decided to trail him. And the, the way Carmine draws Flash Jay following the shade different to Barry it just looked absolutely fantastic and it's a shame that a lot of it's well the speed lines are sort of blocked out by a big fat word blue but I think it's a wonderful scene yeah that bottom panel looks like something out of a you know horror or mystery noir kind of uh, comic book really eerie with the cityscape in the background and there's like a wooden fence there and the shade walking with his uh, cane. And then the, the moon is there with some clouds. I really like that. That whole bottom half of that uh, page to me is absolutely phenomenal. It's 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 why I love Carmine Infantino. And, you know, either if it's Murphy Anderson or Joe Giella, whomever uh, inking him from this era, I absolutely think he was one of the top guys in the comic book business. Oh, super. I mean, I mean, I know in the in the later years, you know, he wasn't that popular with a lot of readers because. But also, it's always a lot more rough hewn at times because diff- different unsympathetic inkers or Carmine inking himself. But here, yeah, with the slickness of the early 60s inkers, it's, it is, as you say, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I do love then how he says uh, the next page, he goes, Sure enough, I caught him visiting an art dealer, a fence who turns stolen goods into cash with a rare Cellini uh, or Cellini, maybe, vase. 
and he runs in on him and says, hold it. That's the Cellini cup. There's only one like it, and it belongs to a foreign museum. And he says, on the contrary, Flash, it belongs to me. And he says, the museum's, uh, let's just say I'm too clever for you, Flash, because uh, he says to him, uh, Flash uh, J says to him, the museum still has its cup, yet that one is a perfect duplicate of it. I don't understand. And he says, let's just say I'm too clever for you, Flash. So uh, Jay then, you know, we're back to him talking to Barry, and he says, now, of course, I understand everything. The shade has been robbing on Earth one. So that's what he's been doing. So they figured out what he's doing, but they need to, you know, figure out how to stop him here. So uh, this is interesting. Within moments, the flashes of two worlds race out of Keystone City. And Jay says, we'll pay the Shade a visit and confront him with the truth. And then Barry says, but since the Shade is so tricky, I'm going to remain invisible. That way I'll have a counter move for any trick he tries to spring on you, which I thought was interesting. I don't think I'd ever seen him. Uh, that he was able to do that and like stay invisible while he's just kind of walking around. I yes, I don't understand that. I mean, I thought if he, the only way he was ever invisible is if he's moving so fast. But if he's moving that fast, he's moved past you, so he's not just invisible. He's just not on the scene. So again, perhaps he's somehow dancing on the spot or something. In which case, you'd think the shade might feel some vibrations or something in the room might get raised. So I have no idea how he does this. But if anyone's listening and they have seen an explanation of this, please let us know. Yeah, this, like I said, I, I feel like I thought, okay, I've seen him move fast enough that, you know, people can't see him or this or that, but to basically, you know, I don't know if he's standing in one spot and doing this or racing around the room, you would think however he's doing this, it would cause some kind of a ruckus that the Shade would be able to figure it out, right? You would imagine. And I, what, what's sad on this page for me is we have that one panel, panel four, of Jay and... Barry running against the background of Keystone City. And I just wish it was, well, a lot bigger. Not, I know you wouldn't get a full-page splash page unless it was the start of a chapter back then. But just it just seems thrown away that we, you know, this this is where they're first running together in the issue, and you don't really get a good shot of it. Yeah, it would be nice to have a bigger one there. Maybe even just a little bit more detail to it and less words. I don't know. Yeah, there could have been something there done because that's, yeah, it would have been pretty iconic. Oh, it would have been marvellous. So what do you think What do you think of the Shade's explanation? Exclamation, I can't speak. By Erebus. Yeah, he says, The Flash, so good of you to visit. Come in, by all means. And he's like, You won't sweet talk your way out of this shade. You've been robbing on Earth One. <laughs> yeah, by Erebus. I'm surprised you didn't tumble to it sooner, Flash. Yes, you're perfectly right. I made a fortune. A dozen fortunes on Earth One thanks to you. And he says, Thanks to me? And... <laughs> At this point, you know the Shade's a bad guy. He's been stealing, but you're going to sit there and listen to him explain it? Just, just uh, like, arrest him. But no, he says, have a, have a chair, Flash, and I'll tell you all about it. Again, why would you <laughs> Why would you do that? I'm not sure. Jay, maybe he's starting to lose it as he's getting a little bit older here. Well, Billy, he's got a scientific mind. He wants, he wants to know what's going on, and he does have the back of an invisible Barry. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Well, I do like on the very next page there, page 16, how, you know, uh, we do have the shade. He, uh, you know, does explain it to him. And I like how Carmine uh, put the panels here. Like there are these uh, horizontal panels and, you know, you have the, the shade on the far left and a little box of him speaking and then him, you know, uh, watching uh, Jay and he sees him, you know, going to that spot where he can, uh, you know, twirl around and then get to Earth One. So that's how Shade did it. He basically saw him doing it and then uh, was uh, able to, uh, it says, I caught those vibrations with my cane, but when I duplicated them by pressing down the plunger, that activates my walking stick. 
He goes, I'm in a strange zone of darkness. Unfortunately, however, the special contact lenses I wear enable me to see perfectly. So this is how he kind of discovered the dark dimension, I guess, right? I think so. I mean, if you think about it, it raises a lot of questions, but it's, it's comic books, isn't it? So the vibrations, it allow the flashes to traverse Earth's somehow open a, a dark dimension for the shade that allows him to go from one earth to the other without having to have super speed. And I don't really understand it, but I just, I love the visuals. I mean, the shade against the dark dimension in panel two looks excellent. Him in, in a little a little black panel inside the panel. <laughs> and it's just, is there anything this kid can't do? Yeah, sometimes I feel like it, they fell into a trap where any time they wanted... Um, a, a superhero or a villain to be able to do something if it's somebody that like you said has like uh, some sort of weapon or whatever like they that was just uh, instead of them having the power that had the power that uh, oh yeah that can do that <laughs> yeah i mean even thanks thanks to my marvelous kid yes i mean it would be nice to have a little a little reminder as to where this kid came from what he did because i i don't know where he, where he got his kid from at this point i mean i read the later james robinson shared stories in starman and the miniseries and no doubt, I've forgotten, but there was, you know, there would have been an origin there. But I would imagine at this point he probably just invented the cane or something. I don't know, but I would like to know more at this point in this story. Yeah. Now Jay's sitting there listening to him, and he, uh, the caption says, "As the shade concludes his narrative, uh, Jay says, now that you've admitted your guilt, I'll take you to Earth One for punishment." And the shade says, "Oh, come now, Flash, you underestimate me. Do you really think I'd have told you all that if there was the slightest chance of you stopping me?" And to his horror, the Earth 2 Flash discovers that he cannot rise from the chair. And so, of course, him telling him to sit in chair was a trap that, you know, harkens back to the cover, right? Oh, yeah, silly old Jay. <laughs> what have you done to me? And the shade says, all the while I've been talking to you, invisible black light has been beaming down on you, the cumulative effect of which is to bar you from ever leaving it. What a triumph over my arch foe. Ha <laughs> ha. But... We still have Barry, right? We do, we do. But what invisible black light is that a thing? Is it's black, but it's invisible. I don't understand. My head hurts. <laughs> yeah, comic book science. <laughs> but yeah, Barry's watching this, and he thinks, well, this is his time to try to pounce to free his fellow Flash. But that does not go over very well, does it? <laughs> it doesn't at all. He, again, he's punching. He's punching the shade. Then he becomes visible immediately. And then again, it's all by Erebus, who incidentally Greek god of darkness, as we all know. And he says, "The shade says it's my other vaunted foe, the Earth One Flash. You see, I remember you, and I'm way ahead of you." I might add. And then he explains about his, he he surrounds himself with the unseen black aura in case Jay attacked him, and it works against Barry as well. And he's just so smug. He's, he reckons he's unbeatable. Yeah, he looks at Barry and says, go ahead, try to capture me. Don't just let me, don't let me just stand here. And then he goes, no, wait, I have a better idea. And he puts his hand up and he says, I'll stand on top of my accumulated wealth to make it more inviting for you. <laughs> All you have to do is overcome me and recover the loot of many Earth One robberies. Well, come on, give it that old super speed try. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about in relation to the cover. It's like... <laughs> Tells us why he's doing it. It makes no sense to make mm. it Barry. What? Make it more inviting? What? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely crazy. I don't know what Fox was thinking there, but he uh, he th says to himself, "I know his t he's tempting me, but one thing's sure, I won't capture him by just staring at him." So here goes, and uh, we get the cover image in a, a little smaller panel here, don't we? 
we do. So, you know, good on the comic book for not lying to us on the cover. Mm-hmm. No bait and switch here. He says, just as I anticipated, I can't penetrate the dark barrier that protects him, but there must be a way. And Shade says, nothing can harm me in the zone of darkness, Flash. Absolutely nothing. And he goes, uh, had I known you were coming here, I'd have arranged to capture you too. But since you can never capture me in the zone of darkness, it really makes no difference. Just as it was impossible for you to harm me, so is it impossible for you to enter my dark dimension or capture me. I am now free to go robbing on Earth One, as I've been doing. Farewell. <laughs> and how fantastic is that, that image of the shade mm. going from Earth Two to the dark dimension? It's just, it's just so fantastic. He's just this, this squiggle with a face. Yeah, it's really kind of creepy and like eerie how he's like dissipating and. I do like too how the the angle that they you know are showing it at it's like on a bit of a forty five degree angle there right yeah really just a, a little spot of extra dynamism on the page mm-hmm. and then despite all his boasts I'll find a way to beat him and free my fellow Flash and story continues on the following page and there's another one of those pointy fingers <laughs> often part <laughs> me I, I, lo- I love the way that this uh, the title has been sort of the title lettering has been just brought over to the beginning of these chapters. It just looks really dynamic with Invader from the, in a, a mustardy background, then Dark Dimension purple on black. It just, just looks excellent. It's not even particularly fancy fonts. It's just a bit of italicization, different angles, block letters, but it looks fabulous. Mm-hmm. And then we go into Invader from the Dark Dimension part three here, and uh, Barry is not having any luck uh, freeing Jay. So Jay's like, listen, dude, you know, go to Earth One and somehow, in some way, capture the shade and take his cane away from him. It's the cane which controls this black light that holds me prisoner. So then he says, "You're right. I hate to run out on you like this, but the sooner I get after the shade, the sooner you'll be free." And he says, "Good hunting and good luck, Barry." And uh, wow. Okay, so here's this craziness uh, uh, back on uh, Earth One. So <laughs> uh, how 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 in the world did they come up with this? I don't know how the fox and Carmine Infantino came up with these. So uh, there's uh, some kind of, uh, it says, where the ground shudders and splits apart under a battering from the dark dimension, an eerie, air quotes, man of anthracite coal rises out of a fissure in the ground. What do you think of this? Well, he later joined the Thunderbolts, didn't he, as charcoal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is really weird. And then the next one, miles away in the Central City Museum, an empty suit of black armor begins to move with metallic stiffness. So a suit of armor starts chasing oh, people. Alive. Yeah. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and then this has to be the craziest one. Oh, yes. Black eight balls? Like, what? Where did, yeah. like, how did this happen? It's as God has been on the snuff. A, a queer figure formed of black eight balls clicks along the superhighway. That's just the best thing ever. Yeah. And like, the, the head is an eight ball, like a pool ball. And so is the body, but they're like these enormous sizes compared to each other. And then the one, I guess it looks like two of the wrists are, are also eight balls. And the rest of it looks like black eight balls, but you can't see the, the white you know circle with the number eight in it. But that is crazy. It is. It is madness. And then the, the final one, while a massive blob of animated India ink flows across the fences and ditches of the countryside. Let's see what? I mean, I suppose the, the all the all black things anyway so maybe this power allows them to affect black things better but just it's just a fantastic because it the way it is say you know it's it's four four small panels in in one big panel with the, the shade in the middle dominating the image 
holding his cane flat, looking like he's about to do some kind of soft shoe shuffle, but a particularly evil one. It's probably the image of the issue for me. Mm-hmm. And then Flash, you know, once again, just kind of like earlier, he tries and tries to stop each one of them individually and has absolutely no luck at all. Um, but he does say, oh, I've what an idiot I've been. The solution to my problem has been right in front of me all along. I've seen it half a dozen times, yet it made no impression on me until this moment. It's so simple. Now I know how to go into the impenetrable dark dimension after the shade. And I, at this point, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, what are you going to do? Because, you know, I, I had no clue here. But uh, he goes to the United States Mint. Uh, so what, what, what about this? How do you explain this? Meanwhile, Flash tries his vibrating powers to, to get in, poor man. No good at all. <laughs> he fails with the Indian ink, and then, as you say, yes, the solution to his problem has been there all along. And at that point, I was expecting a caption saying, well, what about it, reader? Have you worked it out? And there's no such caption there. But I sat back for 30 seconds and thought, surely I can work this out because the clues must be there. And no, didn't work out. As you say, Billy... He runs to the mint, and at the mint, he borrows gold leaf, plasters himself with gold leaf, and makes like a statue as the Indian ink comes into the mint to do some stealing. And how did he even know that India ink creature was going to come into the mint? I, I don't get that. He's got reporter's instinct. <laughs> and it's, it's wild, because... Isn't the, uh, who's the other Flash, the evil one? Isn't he yellow like this? Yeah, Professor Zoom. Yeah. Kind of made me think of that. He's not quite all yellow like that, but uh, I think the Flash makes a good-looking little statue there. He does, and he stands perfectly still, and the India Inc. creature uh, kind of like uh, envelops him and takes him to the Dark Dimension. So moments later, inside the Dark Dimension, uh, there's Flash, all gold, there he is, thinking himself completely safe in this space. The shade won't have any protection about him. And he's just, you know, looking at uh, money on the ground like uh, like a true villain. He, true villain to face there. Oh, it's a fantastic panel. I mean, just, you know, keeping up on the shade, who's just, as if at that point he's thought, you know, my role in the store is finished. I can just count my money. And then instantly, the Sultan of Speed vibrates so swiftly, he sends a rain of gold leaves over his Earth 2 foe. Oh no, the Flash, how did you glub? <laughs> I love it. Oh, <laughs> it is quite wonderful. I mean, it's just it's just quite, quite amazing. It shows Barry's policeman's brain. He's a scientist. He knows what can be done with gold leaf. <laughs> so he's quick to give, give the shade a punch. Now the shade's looking like a man of gold. Mm-hmm. So we get Sultan of Speed, Duke of Darkness, and Scarlet Speedster in, in each panel there. And he's going to push the button on Shade's cane. And Shade, Shade kind of flips out here, right? He does. The Shade says, if you press down the plunger, neither of us will be able to leave this place. And Barry notices there's a ring of truth in the Shade's almost historical voice. So what's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Barry says, uh, of course, it has to be your gloves. They must be treated in some manner that protects you from the awesome powers contained in your walking stick. And, uh, you know, he uh, I, I guess he uh, puts them on, although we don't see him with them on. We just see him in the next panel and him in shade. And there's a pile of money in the city. Yep. The freedom starts from the dark dimension by the power of the plunger. Quite impressive. Your next stop, Shade, is police headquarters. And then uh, I guess he pushes down the plunger and 
it dismantles <laughs> Mr. Eight Ball, the India Ink, the Coal Monster, and the Suit of Armor. And they're all laying there in that <laughs> top panel there. Yeah, that, that's a nice little, little sort of like, what, 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 what comes after a trip to a quadrant? I don't know. Anyway, four, four related panels of the, of the threats just all just lying there in bits. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back to Jay and says, I'm going to leave this cane with you, Jay, uh, with a shade in an Earth 1 jail, and his cane in Earth 2 will be safe for some time to come. And Jay says, I never doubted for a moment you'd succeed, Flash. <laughs> and then He knows how good Barry is. Mm-hmm. And then what about this uh, final uh, caption box and uh, dialogue here? What about this? Well, it's just, I mean... Iris has a reporter's instinct and she just seems to have no idea that Barry is the Flash. And she's saying, when we're married, Barry, you just have to ask the Flash to be your best man after all he's done for us. And Barry responds, yes, dear, and thinks, I'll face that problem when I come to it. And that's just a fantastic setup for a story later down the line. I don't know whether it comes, but, you know, it's like I want to see what happens on the wedding day. Yeah, so, but I mean, I guess this issue is, you know, the the official engagement then, right? I'm not actually sure. I'm not, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I can have a little look. Because from the way Iris is talking at the beginning of the issue, she says, I've spent two years looking for the engagement ring. She must know that he must have asked her to the point of her thinking, I need the right ring. So, although mm-hmm. maybe engagement wasn't until she puts the ring on. I don't know. I don't know how American ladies worked in the 1960s. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, hey, wait a minute here. Did they just, is this it? Like, we, we're now seeing the engagement here? Like, wow, cool. But yeah, uh, this is a, a really fun story. Like we talked about before, these Silver Age stories are so much fun. You know, Fox, uh, he has a, a good knack for writing uh, fun little punchy stories like this. And like we said, two of the art by Infantino and Giella, it's just, it's fantastic, right? Oh, it's a huge entertaining. I mean, I wouldn't say, as we said earlier, the best team between the Flashes because there's not an actual team of action between them. But it's it's always great to see on the page, Jay, Jay on the page, because he just looks so good. In fact, at this point, I think I like Jay's costume better than Barry's, because Barry's is all science fiction slickness, and Jay's is a bit more, again, a bit more solid, rough human 1940s fun. But it's 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 good that he's in there. I mean, I. I was with a constant sort of amusement with being so weirdly obsessive about the engagement ring, even for a 1960s chick. And I mean, I think there might have been a few too many threats in terms of the Black Beast. I mean, I would rather have just had the four creatures that came along later, like Ed Man, have dominated the issue. But it was great fun. You never know what's going to happen next. The, the story makes sense on its own terms within the pages. And again, the, the shade is such a perfect villain for Carmine to be drawing with his black head sock. It's just fun all around, really, as you say. Mm-hmm. And I've been reading these in the uh, the Flash of Two Worlds Deluxe Edition, uh, a small hardcover DC put out just a couple of years ago. There are two more in here that I definitely want to cover with you, my friend. Uh, issues 170 and 173 uh, that both look absolutely phenomenal. So at, at the very least, I want to get those those two, uh, if people want to kind of, you know, read ahead or read along when we get there, I, I definitely want to at least cover those two as well, uh, you and I, uh, before we uh, bow out into uh, uh, some other uh, project, right? Absolutely. Maybe after we've done that, we can do the wedding issue. I know it's not particularly an Earth 2 one, but who knows? Maybe Jay mm-hmm. should. I don't want to smash the format of the show particularly. That would be naughty. 
<laughs> oh, fantastic. So, all right. Well, that's uh, going to do it for us this time around. So uh, if anybody out there wants to uh, follow along with you, where can they look, my friend? They can find me on my blog, Too Dangerous for a Girl, or at Twitter, as long as it's there, at March Gray. And I'm on the new Threads thing, but I couldn't tell you what my name is, but probably March Gray. Anyway, I'm around and about. You can find me. I'm on Facebook as well. G-R-A-Y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, too, they're, they're definitely... Uh probably the best and easiest place to, to find just over at your blog. You you're very active over there. And there's a lot of people commenting over there as well about, you know, your blogging. Cause you talk about, you know, newer DC comics uh, coming out on the regular, right? I do. Yes. And then pretty much reviewing every issue in the flash because I'm such a flash fan. I've been right since the days of Carrie Bates and Irv Novick. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So, all right, well, that's uh, going to do it for us. And I thank you again, my friend, for joining me here. This was a blast uh, getting to talk to you about this. And hopefully, like I said, at least those uh, two more uh, will cover of the flash and uh, who knows what else, right? <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I'm just off to rescue a black beast from a pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, named Emmy, right? God bless. Oh. All right. Fantastic. So that's going to wrap it up and uh, we will be back again in the near future. Thanks, Billy. All the best to everybody. <laughs>